Guten Abend. My name is Ernst Müller, but you can call me Oberstrugenführer Müller. And I'm here to talk to you about my new show, Operation Poltergeist. Now you may be saying, Oberstrugenführer, you have a podcast show? Yes. I'm actually quite heavily featured in two separate projects produced by the Bardic College, Cthulhu in Cairo, and now Operation Poltergeist. The first many of you already know, as a show in which a group of common-bred lowlifes traipse around the globe, trying to undo the plans of my beloved Thule society. In this show, however, I will be able to finally introduce the listeners to some of my key allies, who are as determined as I am to bring our vision of the world to the unenlightened masses. But be warned, Operation Poltergeist is only available as a Patreon exclusive. But why, Omastrumenfuro? Why? For two reasons. First, because it is their wish to honor their Patreon members for their support, as they should. And second, because they are not brave enough to allow my deeds of glory to be broadcast on the open sites of the internet. They lack the courage to give a com committed hero of the Thule Society, such as myself, a platform on which to recruit more impassioned fighters for the cause. And so I will punish their new team of players with unspeakable horrors. If they attempt to interfere in any way, I will hunt them with my knock commandos, and with all the power of the Elder Gods that I can summon. I cannot be stopped. I will not fail. Listen to Operation Poltergeist starting in June by joining our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash The Bardic College. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz, and we are here with most of the players, with the exception of Jack Cavendish, Joel really doesn't need to be here right now because he's not really conscious, nor does he know what's going on. So we uh, gave him the night off, and we're going to decide his fate for him. It's one of those things that happens sometimes in role-playing games and in stories where the character that's, well, the main focus just isn't conscious enough to understand what's going on. And that's sort of where we're at tonight. So um, let's say hello to the, the team. Let's get their names and everything so that if they decide not to play anymore after tonight, we can at least have honored them one more time. Uh, we'll start with Vadim because he laughed. Uh, playing Vadim Gavrilov is Scott. How are you tonight, Scott? Well, I'm, do I'm good. I'm good. I'm wondering what Faye means by the Vadim effect. I'm uh, curious there. An unconscious uh, party member where we make decisions and we protect them, you were unconscious. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vodham's good. I mean, Scott's good. Vodham's not. We just fought monsters. 
First time I think Vodham's directly. I mean, he's had some, there's been some weird things that have been going on, but now it's like, it's real. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's Memorex, you know, it's, it's right there, man. So I'm not quite sure how this is all going to shake out. I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's going to be interesting to see the interplay with the the role-playing between Vodham and the people who have been through this a little bit more and are just trying to get the job done right now and get things back to normal. Uh, I'm I'm interested. So I, I hope everyone's, you know, okay for some of the dialogue. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, playing Ella Walcott is Kayla. How, it, how is uh, Ella the Barbarian or Ella, my, my sword is better than my gun gun uh, Walcott doing? <laughs> hey, Crom gave it to me, sir. Uh, then it's definitely blessed. Well, as the only one who was uninjured in the last fight, um, I feel like Ella's going to take on a role of responsibility here. You know, with her madness, she can she can get this party back on track and keep them safe with her mighty, mighty sword. So that's where Ella's at. All right. Excellent. And uh, sitting on one side of the gorge with Ella knocked somebody off of her and killed the uh, the soldier is uh, Faye. Faye is, we made a joke today on the private chat that Faye Dawson has hit the mat more times than Randy Savage. Yeah, <laughs> so... the, the, Faye, the Faye stands aren't going to like uh, this last episode. No, probably not. But how is uh, how is uh, Faye and uh, how are you tonight, Mel? I was good right. until uh, we came here and uh, a keeper has been, you know, hinting that something dastardly is going to happen tonight. Some create some uh big decisions are going to be made so uh yeah i'm scared Faye is unconscious so she doesn't really feel anything right now but um probably terror afraid why did you just roll i needed to know something i'm sure you did i yield my time <laughs> <laughs> wow and the the smiliest happiest person that i know today uh playing Catherine ross we all love so much uh lauren lauren how are you tonight honey How's everything going? And I say, honey, because I want to make sure that we establish that we're related before I go into this episode with you. So I just wanted to make that perfectly clear. Wow. So. Um, you are instilling so much confidence in your players <laughs> today. All these Sorry. like, you know, pre-game Sorry. pep talks and warnings and just, you know, it's going to be okay. It's just a game, everybody. Decisions have to be made. Hey, Lauren, don't fuck up your dice rolls. Um, I'm, you know, I, I would say that my emotional state is is not quite the same as Catherine's because I haven't just been savaged by a zombie and I have to, dip, you know, put my friends back together in the midst of the night in a snowy countryside. But, yeah. you know, I, I think it'll be easy to method act and tap into character today. Let's go, man. Let's start with the boy's side. So on the right-hand side of the gorge, uh, if you're facing north, uh, Jack Cavendish and Vadim made their stand. They did amazingly well for to being alone. Um, fortunately, uh, they were hitting their mark quite often than not, although there was one or two that Jack and Vadim had to fire multiple times into them to slow them down, to, and they just kept trying to get up. It took the guys a moment to figure out that the uh, the glowing, the soft glow on the back of their neck when they rolled one of them was actually where they needed to hit. Once they got that down, though, they started to really rack up a body count. So Vadim, it, it's over. Right, We're going to pick up in the snow. It's over. There's blood. Uh, everywhere there's blown out pieces of neck and soldier and most of the guns are have been left behind because they kind of went feral and charged in but you see jack is lying there about him and jack doesn't seem to be respirating properly uh he definitely looks like he's in stress and overall like like peripherally surrounding the action is is over yeah there's there's no, nothing that you that that leads you to think that there's any more enemies i mean you can do a quick scan of what you can see but 
as far as you can tell, there's the, the side, the, the other side of the gorge has gone quiet. You know, are all the night sounds back out there? The animals, the bird, you know, the chirping, the owls. No, not yet. But it's definitely the, the din of battle is gone. Vadim, I, I think he's standing there in stunned silence for just a moment. He's he's processing, you know, it's, you know, the din of the battle is over. Um, his mind's racing. Dead bodies that are finally dead that should have been dead a lot earlier, laying around, you know, the cold of the air. Jack on the ground. Vadim is not injured. He did not take a, um, he did not take a wound. He didn't get, uh, he didn't get hit by any bullets. I, I think the first thing he does is, is dive onto the ground next to Jack and he starts, he starts uh, calling out and he's like, you know, Jack, Jack, come, come with me, Jack. You're, you're, you're good. You're good, Jack, you know, help, help. And he's yelling out for help. He's, 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 he doesn't know what the situation is, where the ladies are. But he's searching Jack's body for wounds, um, trying to put pressure. Um, and I think that's the only thing that's going through his head right now is um, is just tending to Jack because that's something that's real and in front of him and in the moment. And he doesn't have to think about anything else. Uh, Vadim, uh, the minute you put your hand across, like you try to move his head, uh, there's blood on the side of his head and neck. It seems like he's been either gouged or, or bit. You're also seeing that there is blood coming from the lower left-hand side by his hip. There's contusions all over his face. His eyes already starting to close on the left side. He took a hell of a beating in the last few moments of the fight. You know, he had fended off a few here and there, and he had kind of tried to back up a little bit. And then another one came just barreling at him. And it, that's the one that, you know, slowed down. But when it finally got on him, it was it was pretty hellish. And when, when it finally ended, this is the state he's in. And, and you But you put your hand... As you get the hand away by his face, you turn him over. You try to see, you know, nothing is clogging his windpipe. There's nothing. Uh, it's not like, you know, he has bile or anything clogging his throat. But his, breath his breathing, the air that you see is coming out is just the finest of mist. And it's just. <sighs> he can't seem to catch air. So you scream out for help. Yeah. And uh, we'll go over to the girl's side. All right, Catherine, you. Ella's standing over you. The one is dispatched. You're bruised and beaten. You fell to the ground. You hit your arm on a rock uh, that was somewhat covered in the snow. You never got bit. You got punched once or twice. Um, you've been better. Uh, you feel like maybe, again, you know, you had just gotten over a gunshot from Russia about a three week, two, three weeks yeah, ago. So the leg is probably still super, you know, tender. and Definitely tender. Uh, you have snow all in your hair, all over your body. You know, just ro you've been rolled in it. For some reason, these these things had no qualms about, you know, most humans don't want to do a roll down a hill with someone in their arms. Like, that's that's an unnatural sensation. These had no problem with it. They were like, they just wanted to keep holding and gri gripping. But you're up. You know, you can sit up and it hurts. It's 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 achy. But I've just you're been okay. completely, like, pummeled like some sort of steak trying to tenderize. You were like in a boxing match that you didn't do well in. There you know, we that's go. how you have to think of yeah. it. Yeah. But no sign of... No sign of movement from behind you. It's just Ella standing over you. Ella, do you say anything as she's starting to get up? Do you help her up? Yeah, definitely. Like, I'll sheath my sword and, like, go, where do you need me? Like, to Catherine, because she's the medic on hand. You hear, help, help. Where do I need you? Oh, my God. Uh, are you good? Are you good? Like, I'm giving her a look over as I'm, like, standing up. Yes, I'm fine. Oh, I think I've, I swear something's broken. Okay, Faye. Help! Help! I'll be right there. Sh should I go check on them? Like, uh, what do I? What do I do? Is like Faye? I Faye was in the vicinity. Like we were trying to like stop. 
She knows where Faye is. Faye's about 25 feet behind you and half covered in snow. She got pulled out of a tree and hit the ground and the thing just, until Ella reacted. I thought I, I mean, reacted to Mel's thing, not... You did. You reacted first there. You you got to Faye first, but Faye didn't make her con roll, so she's unconscious. She's in bad shape, but she's not nearly... We As players, we know that right now... Gotcha. Jack's a little bit... But Catherine doesn't know that. Catherine's looking for Faye, who's very close, and that's 20 feet behind her. Go. Is Faye injured? How bad? She fell out of a tree, darling. I mean, it probably broken something. Go get Faye. Start. Get her out of the snow and, I don't know, fire a gunshot if it's an emergency. I'm gonna go check on... Vodum, where are you?! I'm gonna go check on on them. Oh, what about I think you? I broke what you broke? You've broken something. I'll be fine. If it's like I was in a boxing match or something, it's it's okay. Well, I don't have any medical supplies. What do I do? If there's an emergency, fire a gun, and I will be back as soon as I can. I can send Vadim if he's unhurt with things. Okay, it's gonna be fine. Everybody's gonna be fine. Make a sanity check. Me? No, you're you're acting normal. Made it. Okay, so right now you're you're going to the furthest person out because you but you don't know that situation over there. I'm perfectly okay with this. Remember, as a player, you know Jack's bad. Yeah. But you have but she's telling you, Faye fell out of a tree, she's not moving. So you have two people that are in bad shape. You have no idea who's worse because you haven't assessed them yet. If you're going to Vadim, you're you're prepared to leave Faye. She could diminish. She could start to fade. Just giving I'm not trying to make this hard on you, but you have to play the realism. You're a medic being called by, you have two positions, one 20 feet away, one across and down and up another side of a gorge. And you don't, you don't know who's bad or worse. You have to make a decision. What decision you make will change how this plays out. I'm sorry, Lauren. This is part of being the medic of the team when it goes south. Ella, do you have any first aid? Uh, Probably not great. 35. Better than someone with 20. So Ella, you can do basic things like, you know, wrap, bind. And you can also know if someone's a spinal, like you could see their eyes or if they're concussed, you'd probably be able to do it. Now, if it's going to be, what do I do to fix it? You'll need a roll, but you probably can do a quick assess if you want to run towards Faye or run over to Jack. You make the call, Ella, you, you know, or let you and Catherine decide. But with a 35, you could, if you make your roll, you'll at least stabilize them. Does anybody want to use an eye of Aramon on that? I don't have one because I used it at the at the damn bar. I don't want to use mine yet because I still don't know what the situation is with either of them. So here's what we're going to do. Keeper, would you say I'm moving slowly? Ella? You rolled, you rolled your ankle pretty bad. Run. Go see what the guys need. If it's an emergency, fire a gun. All right. And then, and then, you, need, and then you need to come help me get over there. I'm going to check on Faye. Go see and start trying to... I open the bag. I hand her stuff to like stop bleeding and like, you know, bandages and things and go. And I make my way towards Ella Faye. doesn't waste another moment talking. She runs for where Vadim is and goes, Vadim, where are you? Vadim's crying out, hearing the voices. This way, this way. Ella, just make a dex check, please. Oh, goody. I think I have a nice And it's dex. not on the down. That's only a one. On the twos and threes, that's really steep. And Vadim and Jack happen to be by a three. It's like going up a you know, 35 degree incline in snow. So it's just snowy and slippery. You just got to make a dex check. I fall. Uh, what'd you roll? 90. Well, you didn't break anything or get hurt. That's good. Okay. So yeah, you slip and fall. What Catherine gave you fell out of your hands. You're able to bundle it up. It slows you down about a minute. So you reach Vadim three minutes into the scene. 
Okay. By the time you cross the distance and get to him and climb up, uh, your legs, you know, bleeding on one, one knee, your elbows a little banged up, but you know, nothing that's going to stop you. We'll deal with that in a second. Catherine, you make it over to Faye. Faye's breathing seems normal, but she is not conscious. She does not appear to be in any distress respiratorily. Okay. I check her for concussion, um, anything sticking out of her that shouldn't be, anything bleeding that's very concerning. These wounds remind you, actually make a medical medical roll for me. Zero, zero, 008 critical. These are definitely the same type of wounds you remember from the hospital. Everything appears to be exactly, I mean, the attack, it, it all clicks. Like the, right. So that gives you, a, with this situation, with what Faye's going through, and the fact that though she failed her con check, she didn't critically fail it. She's just unconscious. When you do, when you pull her eyes down and you quickly get this little flashlight you have and you just shine it, she's concussed. There's definitely something going on. Her brain got a little scrambled, uh, but you don't feel anything that's so out of place that it's going to be, we can't move her. We've got to stabilize her here. What you can do is you can do a first aid. That'll give her a little bit of hit points back. And then you can make a medical check to see, you know, if there's anything else you can do right away to temporarily like revive her. Um, 41, that's a success on that first aid. Okay, so roll. I'll roll a D3 for you. Uh, go ahead, you do it. I don't care. It doesn't really matter. It's just three um, points. Okay. D, so it's a D, I didn't know if you had a D6 nearby. I, I got one. Uh, five. So, Faye, you get back three HP. So that's your first aid roll. Now do your medical check. That is a 90. That is not a success. Okay, so right now, you're not sensing any way that you, like, she's not coming out of it. You snap a, a capsule. Uh, to kind of wake them up. It's basically like an ammonia capsule that you pop it under her nose and it, it doesn't revive her out of it. Like she's still stuck. Let's go over to Ella. Ella, go ahead and make me a first aid check on Jack. Okay. And you can take a bonus dice. So you get to roll two tens and a single, a one. And then you give me the lower result because Vadim's assisting you. So the two of you are leaning over Jack. Ella, when you get there, his color is off. He's gray. You can see that even by this light, you're starting to notice that he doesn't look right. And the uh, the breathing is now, Vadim, it's slowed way down. It's it's still that rasp, but it's not like hyperventilating. Like Vadim says that to Ella. His breathing has gotten worse. It's 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 getting worse. All right, I got an O five. Oh wow, great! That's 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 really good. It's a critical. I skinned my knee, but uh, save I'm saving his life. <laughs> Well, you're definitely giving him a chance to to recover. Do you want me? Do you have a D six nearby? Yes, I do. Two. All right, so he gets one HP back. Um, the breathing becomes a little less wheezy as you try as you get him up a little bit, Ella. You get him up, uh, it, it, not into a full sitting position, but you kind of rest his head on Vadim's leg. You know, Vadim's kneeling near him. You you kind of get him into a position that maybe just help clears whatever's going on. You know, the the situation. But you recognize right now. This is, it's serious. Like we are, you made a critical role. So you were able to get him an HP, get him up to where he's at least breathing a little easier, but it's not any faster. It's just now not quite as raspy and labored. It is cold. You know, that may be helping. You don't know. But Vadim has packed snow against his neck and the and the snow is already turning red. And on his side, there's a pool of, of red icy snow. So you know, he's definitely still... Like the injuries are still coming. They're still there. They're, you know, they're bleeding. First aid wise, did uh, Ella bring bandages over? We could start wrapping his wounds. She brought enough for one of the two wounds. Gotcha. Ella, you think the neck is probably the more vital. With that role, you would notice to, to, to cover the neck first. I would say, uh, darling, give me your, wait, where's the other wound? Where's the other bleeding wound? Left hip, down by his legs. Okay. Um, darling, do you think we can tourniquet that? Uh, I need a belt or something? 
Um, it's it's on his torso though. It's his hip. Yep. So unfortunately, it doesn't have any extremities. Just gotta pack it. Put pressure. Packing it with ice will help, and holding it. Yep. Uh, Vodum's taking his jacket off. Give me vodka, darling. <laughs> yeah, like, like I trust me, Vadim drank it already. <laughs> I need it for disinfecting. Vadim just looks looks confused. Uh, no, no, no vodka, no vodka. Do you you don't have any on you? We need it for disinfectant. I, I have bullets on me, my dear. <laughs> Actually, you know what, Vadim, you're the kind of guy. I, I'll I, I'm, I'll be all right with a flask if you have a flask. You want to you want to use that? Pour a little in there. Okay, I mean he would, but uh, in in a fight, I, I I think he would have every available space. Reserved oh, okay, for the you fight, go. you know what I mean? Not a little, not something in the old back pocket, just, just for a little bit of courage, liquid courage. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, I don't think he would. I don't think he would. All right. No, but, I'm, but I he, love the honesty. He's going to take off his jacket and use that to kind of start packing against the hip since since uh, Ella doesn't have any other bandages. Just anything to put pressure on. Catherine always goes into battle, but it's with a bottle of rosé, so it's a little <laughs> bit, it's not quite the Is same. It it's like a sparkling rosé. Yeah, it's a sparkling rosé, so it actually just... It just fizzes in the wound and kind of makes it look pretty. Uh, it doesn't really, yeah. All that sugar probably actually makes it worse. You need like a stiff, like. Oh my god, he went diabetic. <laughs> no, like infecting, like sugar is not good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want somebody to pour a the hydrogen peroxide of wines. Yeah. So on your side, Catherine. The bodies aren't obviously they're not moving, but they are. There's a bunch on this side of the ravine, if, as you remember. That's delightful. Yeah, they're just they're there. There's helmets. There's broken bodies, and you know things with sword wounds and gunshots out of the back of the neck. But she's for some reason she's just not coming conscious yet. You do notice that two of the fingers on her hand are broken. Uh, on her left hand, her uh, pinky and ring finger are torqued in the wrong direction. So while she's unconscious, if you want to snap that oh, back yeah. into place until the gun, yeah. Because one, it could wake her up, and two, she's not going to fight me as much if I do it now. So you go ahead and do the old clickety-click. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> Don't the, call uh, it the clickety-click. <laughs> well, that's what it is. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and fame. Make me a um, make me a con roll, please. I have a 53. That is a regular success. Okay, so it doesn't wake you. God fucking damn it. But the pinky, the pinky from the ice and cold does come off. So she just wrenched that. I'm just she, listeners. That face was worth it for the whole night for me because sometimes you have to do things like that. Uh, no, you the, don't. The you don't <laughs> have to do no. things like that. That would have ruined my day. Jesus Christ! I'm already going through it, and you're just like, oh, one of her pinkies just whoop, come right off. Catherine has made a pamphlet about the five F's of frostbite. I would not wrench something that is necrotic off of someone's body. It would be Dawson. clean and surgical. Of the nine fingers. Stop it. Okay. I'm um, sorry. We'll move on. The Yes. So your pinky is put back into place. Your ring finger is snapped back into place. Didn't quite wake you, but you were, you know, you, nor did you take any damage from it. So that's fine. Ella, back to you. Uh, she's still kind of trying to assess what they can do because right now she's thinking Catherine is across the gorge. They've got two very injured people because she saw Faye. They need to move, but leaving Faye alone is not an option. Bottom, I'm, I, I need you to fire a shot into the air and then go look for Catherine. I don't know how she's doing with Faye. You need to find them. Vadim responds to, to Ella saying, uh, it is done. He jumps up, he fires into the air as he's kind of at the same time, you know, deftly sliding down the incline. Um, do you want me to roll a dexterity? Yes. Yeah, on the threes, twos and threes you have to. That's a 76, which is a success. Vadim gracefully... 
like someone from the Russian ballet, the uh, the Bolshoi, <laughs> one rock, two rock, pirouette, land, five step, and what's that one? Plisé, <laughs> Jean Plisé, <laughs> uh, and then goes up and makes the run up the hill. Yeah, you're able to find Catherine pretty quickly. Um, you know, you just follow Ella's tracks. I mean, you, you're not. Yeah, you're a smart guy in the snow. You would you would know to look for for the most recent track and, and get up there. But she is there. She's got Faye and Faye isn't moving either of Adam. So you're immediately, I'm, you know, you're probably like, what the hell? I got two people down. Vadim just Im- immediately uh, starts filling Kate in on the situation. You know, Jack, Jack is, is down. Ella is helping him, but he is unconscious, bleeding badly, labored, breathing, barely breathing, Kate. Okay. Um, Th- there, I... There's, there's monsters, Kate. There's monsters. Yeah. Fucking monsters everywhere. Okay, I can barely walk. I need you to help me back towards Ella so I can go and help Jack. You're going to then come back and stay with Faye. He like instinctly is just listening to every word. And as she says, I need you to help me back. He like is already like gruffly like grabbing and picking her up. Not thinking about that she might be in pain or anything like that. Ah! (laughs) Like, okay, what now? Now what? What? Okay. You got expected father jitters. ah, Just like, let's go. Here, have a cigar. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to bring me back to them. And then you're going to come back and you're going to look after Faye. And you're going to keep cracking these ammonia things under her nose until she wakes up. Occasionally, tap her upside the head. Try to talk to her. Keep her warm. Ow! Could you? You stepped on my foot! (laughs) I'm very sorry. I hate. Oh my God. Ow! I will do whatever you say. I will man. keep stepping on your foot if it will help, yes. Oh, God. He tries to, like, fireman lift her and just, like... Bottom, I'm like, bite your thighs! <laughs> He's strong. Strong like bull. He is strong. <laughs> yep, strong like some sort of Russian tiny ox. Ah. Yes, a mountain yak. You get over to Jack, and Catherine, uh, go ahead and make me another sanity roll. I don't make it. He doesn't look good, Cat. Um... Even though his breathing, Ella's got his head up. His color is so off, and the amount of blood in the in the sand, in the in the uh, ice and snow next to him from his neck wound, the, uh, the 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 gauze is already bleeding in, bleeding out. Like it's already starting to ooze down his shoulders, uh, his one shoulder. But the side wound is just as as deep and terrible. You realize that you know you do that thing that doctors and nurses do, which I had to pick one, I had to pick one, I had to pick one, and you're thinking I've lost like six minutes. And you quickly reach for a pulse. It's faintly there. It's like barely hanging on. Okay. Els, you've done a great job. Okay? Look at me. Hi. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go back and look after Faye, okay? Keep her warm. Here. Ammonia capsules. There you go. Crack a few of those under her nose. Talk to her. Just, you've done great. Go look after Faye, okay? I put her fingers back in place. She's gonna be okay. Vadim and I got it here, Okay. We got it. Go. I have an idea of what I can do for that. Yes. Oh. Yes. Go. I do as she says, and I run back, and I have an idea. Viewers, I'm starting to tend to Jack. I'll make rolls as I'm talking, but um, it's simultaneous, this conversation that I'm having with Vadim. Um, It's not good. You know that. I know that. And she, who can feel things, I don't need her to feel that and freak out. So, we're going to do our best, okay? Vadim standing there and and you see him staring off to the side and he is um, staring at one of the dead creatures and he just seems to be lost. Hey, Vadim. Hi, I need hands, buddy. Can we, could we, um, thank you. Yeah, 
Yes, don't, hands. Don't hands. look at those things. I need I need those. I need hands. But where where do you need them? Keep pressure on that wound um by his neck. I'm gonna look at this one on his side. I rolled in zero zero nine. Would you like to see it? Nope. So which one were you working on first? Neck? Um, neck. Okay, that's the smaller but deeper wound. Okay, you um you're gonna have to suture it. Okay, great. So my mom, hell of a woman with a needle, tried to teach me embroidery, you know, and um I never got along with my mom. She was really, like, prissy and stuck up. My dad was a doctor, did you know? Jack coughs and blood comes out. He's bleeding internally. Hey, Vodham, swap places with me, please. Hold pressure on his neck. He does exactly what you tell him to do. Let me tell you how long it took you to get the suture in on his neck. So to suture that up took you four minutes. Catherine, you just put your hand to his side. There's definitely something going on with the left lung on the same side that he got the impact happened where he's bleeding from, uh, from the hip. Mm-hmm. It's that same side. And you feel that the rib count is definitely one's shallow. It went in. So you think he may have a punctured lung and that was causing the rasping breathing. Ella, make a listen roll, please. Oh, no. Why are you asking me to make all these rolls? It's a game. Oh, God. Just missed it. And burn your luck, woman. Uh, <laughs> spend your luck, Kayla. Please, I beg you. Okay, I spend the four luck. I'm down to a 49. Walkie-talkie. Where do I hear it from? You look around. South of you, um, where you cross the gap, uh, where the number one is, where you've been going up and down the gorge on the right hand, on the left-hand side. Um, there's rocks and stuff. There's not a lot of trees on that side. It was a little more sparse where Catherine was, which is why she made that great uh, stealth check. Ellie, you, where you crossed, you barely, you just picking up this. I head for it. You head for it or you go to Faye? Do you just mark it and like say, okay, I know it's down there. Or do you want to investigate it? I don't want to lose it in the dark and I know where Faye is, but this might, I don't, I don't know. It's like literally any person in a horror movie is going to go towards that. So that's what you want to do? Or are you smarter than the average person in a horror movie? You tell me. I'm okay either way. I go for it. You're still armed? Yeah. I have my sword on my back and a gun. Are you approaching with rapidity, normal, or stealthy? Let's go with stealth. Make a roll. Okay, that's a 29. You are quietly making the approach. There is a soft glow. It's yellowish, not red. Something in the trees is glowing. All right, back over to you, Catherine. So you've got him controlled there. The problem with the lung is that it's going... That's a surgery. He will, he will continue to build up fluid inside if it is truly damaged his lung. He'll keep getting blood in the air sacs. He's going to get worse. But the side, the side is a problem as well, right? Because he's bleeding out of there right now. So he's got two places you're going to have to deal with. Knowing your medicine, it's stabilize him, then surgery. Because if he, either way, he'll die. So you got to make sure he's at least able to be operated on. I fixed the neck's stable. Neck, neck is tightened up. It's not, it's oozing, but it's not bleeding. Gauzing it again with the last of your gauze will do that. Remember, you're not a gauze factory. The other thing you're starting to worry about is who's his blood type. He's lost that kind of blood. Well, we just need to know somebody who's O positive and then we're fine. I will let everybody make a luck roll. Anybody who makes it can say that they are, they can choose their blood type or be O positive for the scene. Not you, Faye, you're unconscious. That's a no Isn't it O negative is the universal donor? Pause. It is me. 51. Type O negative is the, t- is the tough one. Positive is the donor, I believe. The b- no, I hear a doctor's Vatim, one is, is O neg because it doesn't have any of the antibodies, which is positive. So oh, really? O neg- yeah, O neg. O neg? O neg. I oh, watch okay. a lot so of Grey's Anatomy. Type O negative is the more. I was going to say, what if you're an O positive in real life? Does that count? No. Yeah, O means you're a universal donor, but you can only take O. And it's also the most common. 
Okay, so somebody, it looks like somebody made their role. And I made it. my luck if that counts. It can't be you. You need to be operating. Someone has to lie there and be tubed. You're going to have to put him tube one to the other while you're working. Vadim's like, I hey, Vodham. seem to recall. I, I do not know. Maybe, oh, Kayla's totally right, too. O negative is the universal donor. Good job, Kay. Thank you. Grey's Anatomy, everybody. Good job at uh, Faye as well. Maybe, oh. I seem to recall something. Okay. Your options are lose him or plug him. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. So you take your stethoscope. Mm-hmm. Now you you and you pull everything out of it to create the tubing because you don't carry medical tubing normally in a, in yeah. a med kit. I don't think a, a transfusion is a normal reaction. I mean, for a I, first I, aid I pack that situation. bag tight, but I don't think I came prepared with you know. I'll tell you what. You're resourceful, aren't you? We've always said that I was resourceful. Yeah. You have tubing. <gasps> You're okay. Tubing. <laughs> I've never been more excited. And you've got something that will allow the draw. You've got a big enough, well, from for you, it's your morphine injector. You've got a big enough syringe that can start creating the suction to do the transfusion. Fantastic. You're setting that up. Ella, back to you. I'm still heading towards the glowing yellow thing. You're, you're convinced it's something like a walkie-talkie. I check... Uh, the surrounding area for any signs of motion towards it before making the final approach. Not far from the woods. Again, it's a copse of trees. It's not real dense. It's a small grove, you know, just 10, 15 feet of just some trees that sprouted on the side of the mountain and kind of hung on to life through the wind and the cold that normally sit, you know, assails this gorge. But right now you're there and you see a boot sticking out and um, there's no motion. It looks like this was one of the guys who got blasted at some point and then fell into the trees. On his back is a full radio, and it is already on. And what you're hearing the noise come from is the headset had been jerked off his his body or something because he's a full radio guy. Like, he was here as the communicator back to base. But Kayla, as you approach, immediately you see tattooed all over his face and arms are sigils. These are not the same as what the Heinrich and his brood had on. These are done in black ink. And they look like occult ruins that you've seen before and like the magic of Solomon. Can I read like the one like on his cheeks or something? Like, does any of the words stand out to me? Across his across his forehead is the symbol of non-being, of incorporealness, of not being present. All of the sigils and markings seem to be from different forms of magic that would make him not noticeable by creatures that were meant to notice or to hunt. He has basically magically warded not to be seen. And does he, and you, like you said, he doesn't look the same as like Heinrich and like the crazy animal dudes. Cause he looks more human with, except the tattoos. Oh, absolutely. He, he does not appear ghoulish in whatsoever. This is maybe this might've been a commander. This might've been the guy in charge of them. And, they, and he's tattooed this way in case they go feral. Uh yeah, that's Ella, the assumption you're making right yeah, now. Yeah, I definitely thought that like Ella would make the assumption that like if they are feral like creatures who hunt for blood and they go after a specific scent, if they go in rage, they might attack him if they don't have these kinds of symbols. So I'm going to loot the body for the radio. Okay, radio's heavy. It's about thirty pounds. It's a it's the one with the old crystals in it. I mean, these are not super convenient things to have, but 
when you unfurl the antenna, it would go like eight feet high. This is, you know, it's been wrapped around and then and tied behind him. This is a this is a heavy, heavy set radio that's meant to be out in the wilderness for commandos. This is the kind of thing that they carry and they they leave it somewhere and then they, you know they set up a base of operations and they move about and then they carry it again. It's a portable shortwave radio. It's big, and you have one, and it's it matches almost the one that was back in Kathmandu except that was a, a, a table model, so it was probably a little bit bulkier. This one's made to be on a backpack. It's got shoulder straps for it, a belt around that your waist so you can keep it nice and snug. It's it's the full thing. Then I'm definitely just going to grab it because I'm going to use it and I, when we're done with the Fae and figuring out what we're going to do with Jack, but I strap it and go find Faye to do my little plan. Back over to you, Catherine. So you've got Vadim hooked up. You've got blood running slowly from one to the other. It's definitely going to, I mean, it can't hurt, especially if you're going to operate. You get the, you get your suturing done on his side and it takes about 40 stitches to get him done. His neck is still, like I said, the gauze is not nearly as bad as it was. Okay. But it is still, obviously there is some effect from the skin trying to close. The side is bad, but let's go ahead and make a medical roll and see how long the success level is or not success or critical fail. That's a 79. I just made it. So to do his side is going to take 11 more minutes to suture up. And that's moving at breakneck pace. That's really trying to do your best. I mean, you're, you're, and Vadim is, you know, you're like, hold here for a second. And he's got his arm out and he's, you know, he's trying to help as best as he can. And Ella's got this radio thing that she's got now because it took her some time to cross the gorge. And then she heard the noise. You've got him to a point, Kat, where you feel it's either now or you're going to have to try to just get him back, but you're going to have to carry him five miles before you can get him into a building. Where's the car? We, the truck. We, the, the truck. We the truck is blocked on the other side of the gorge where the rock slide went down. It's further. So the rock slide is buried. It, the, rock sli- the rock slide happened. The truck dropped you off and you made your way up the gorge. Vadim popped it. And this rock slide is now blocking the truck from coming back to town. Well, that was well planned. <laughs> Vadim, in the all long run, that was a great idea. I don't care. I, these things just happen. You know what I mean? Like, but to block the gorge could have been, you would have had him in a kill zone, right? I mean, that was the plan. But Ella started waving her arms, things, and everything went, you know. But it, but blowing the gorge, that I think that still was, at the end of the day, that was the, probably the right thing to start with. Yeah, Vadim doesn't really have, like, woodland survival. I mean, he, you know, he's used to the snow and the weather and such, but. You know, he's been he's been in the city. So as far as like making like a litter or something like that, he's not going to really be thinking that. Catherine and Ella made one when we transported Vadim's unconscious body. Yep. Right. They know how to do it, but they also had the parts to do it. Remember, they used the, the wood from the back of the truck mm-hmm. to make something that would hold him. And Jack was involved with that as well. So I'm just I'm not saying Catherine, if you had to guess, you're thinking I got to get in there and s- at least see how bad it is. I need to get him to a place where I can, I, I need to know. Cause if it's two ribs and he's b- just blowing blood, cause there's still, there's still like, you put your hand up to his mouth. Every time he breathes, you're getting small amounts of spittle, red spittle into your hand. So he's definitely got it. It's, he's cut. He, something inside's wrong. If we carry him and jostle him, are you're saying like that I should go in now, but just close the damn thing. No, you close the side. You need to cut him up by his ri- by where his ribs are and see if you can fix the damage to his lung. You got him down by you know where your hip bone is. That's where that damage was. Oh, right above, right at his hip bone area, the meat on his side. Okay, this is up here. You're trying to get in here under his armpit, like right by his armpit here. Okay, I gotta do it. All right, 
So we'll go over to Ella. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Catherine just I'm just making that roll. It's like it's like a guy making a field goal. You have to stop him and let him think about it for a minute. So that's what we just did there, Catherine. I'm sorry. Ella, you get the radio, you put it on. Do you put the headset on as well? Not right now. That's like I just grab it because I want to loot it and two thoughts. One, I want to find the frequency they used and maybe give Mueller or something to like think about. Still on. He got shot before he could change it. And he's got he had the microphone that hangs around his neck. It's like this little bulb you talk into. Yeah. With the I'll be using that yeah. inevitably for another Mueller and Ella chat. But the second thought would be this is a great thing to have for the other play the other team in Octoon Cthulhu. Uh please go to our Patreon to listen to what we're talking about. Operation Poltergeist coming out in June. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's where her head's at with that. So she just grabs it, doesn't put it on yet, because she's like, I gotta find Faye wake her up with some woohoo shit. When you get to Faye, her mouth is open. Her neck is kind of twisted about back a little bit, and it looks as if she's trying to scream, but nothing's coming out. Oh god, she's she's going through something. I immediately go beside her, and Ella just starts, like, holding her and says, like, Faye, Faye, darling, Faye. Any any chance you can hear me, darling? Just shake your head if you can. Nothing, I'm assuming. No. All right. I know this isn't supposed to solve every problem, but it feels like kind of a last resort thing. I kind of want to go into her brain and see what's going on, like if I can get a read off of her, off of what she's feeling. So can my clairvoyance be used for that? Yep. Time to roll like my life depends on it. And mine. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Well, okay. I got a I got a thirty, which is three points off from a critical. Not a critical. I'm a hard, but still, I I made the roll. And uh, magic points. How do I determine how many I spend? A D three. Oh, one. Oh, excellent. Okay. Her conscience is pretty close to the surface. A lot closer than you anticipated. Like you you pick her mind up very quickly, which is a, usually a good sign. Um, that usually means like she's there. Uh, close to consciousness, close to wakefulness. So she would be in a light state of dreaming right now. Nothing obscene or crazy, like where you had to dig deep into into her psyche and her, you know, and, and try to find Faye in this wilderness of the mind. It's nothing like that. You you pick her up pretty pretty fast. But what you see is that she's not alone. In her mind, in her dream state, her father is with her. I've never met her father, so. But you're feeling what Faye feels. You know it's her father. Am I, can I move? Am I corporeal in this dream state? Like, what am I seeing? You're seeing him hand her something. You're not sure at first what it is. She's, she's backing away and, and, and he's not talking sternly. He's just advances towards her again. He's dressed in a suit, small spectacles of a gentleman, like in his, you know, mid late forties, mid fifties, uh, you know, who reads a lot, like, you know, one of those academics who never really, you know, who's so much more comfortable with books than the general parts of life. And he steps towards her again and he, and he puts it in her hand and she kind of, she takes it and nods and you make out just as you're starting to, just as you feel her, like she notices you, like she sees you at the corner of her eye as her father's standing there. And he turns and looks and his, he's grave. Like he doesn't like that you're here. Whatever she's thinking, whatever is happening in her head, you don't, you can sense that Richard Dawson is not happy that he sees you there. And Faye kind of mouths a word to you. You don't know, you can't read it real quick, but you see he's, she's holding a plane ticket and you snap back, Faye, uh, Ella, and you kind of snap back and Faye starts to, starts to stir. Faye, Faye, can you hear me? Dad? No, no, it's Ella, darling. Can you see me? Like, can you follow my fingers for me? I saw my, as Ella? 
Yes, yes, I'm right here. I saw my dad. I did. He's not here? Darling, no, he, no, uh, what, uh, how many fingers am I holding up? Like, I'm trying to check for a concussion because it's, she's acting like he's still alive and that's worrying me, but I don't want to, like, dash this right now. Four. Alrighty, that's correct. Oh my god, where are the creatures? They're, Ella, are they gone? Are they no, go they're, they're gone. They're gone. All dead. All of them. Where is everyone? Catherine and Vadim went to go check on Jack. I believe he may have been injured in the fighting. No, he was injured in the fighting. I was I was helping him. Um he's he was unconscious, but Catherine, you know Catherine, he'll be fine. Um Oh my my hand. I know, I know. Uh I believe she set your fingers, she told Catherine told me. Uh I believe you broke oh. some on the fall down. Don't move them. Oh, oh, that's delightful. Yeah, she she taped them up real quick. Uh your your knuckles are are scraped up from you know, from hitting pine tree branches all the way down, you know, trying to grab on your, your one palm is scraped up pretty bad, but for the most part, you don't feel great, but you're up, you know, that as bad as the beating was in the graveyard, you feel like you've, you've gotten through it. Like you're, you're going to be okay. I reach out for Ella, Faye's starting to collect herself and come together. And she goes, I'm two for two. Two, two for two, darling. These things have tried to take me out once uh, and they didn't succeed. And they didn't get me this time. We wouldn't let them. I just hold her hand very tightly. And I just look around. Do I see, like, Catherine or Jack or Vodham no, anywhere? No, you don't see anybody. They're on the other side of the gorge. You're, you know, the memories are coming back. What you do see is this glowing big box. A metal box that, you know, is next to uh, Ella. You know, she's put that down alongside of you because it's just too damn heavy to keep on your back the whole time. It's like, like I said, it's like 45 or 50 pounds of electronic equipment. She, ha she has that down set beside you. It's there. And from the headset, you're just picking up the... What the hell is that? Uh, I took a detour. Found, possibly, uh, the radio man or that had the radio. I stole it. I figured he didn't need it anymore. I mean, it's not stealing if he's dead. Have you tried calling for help? Was not the first thought on my mind, I will be honest. But you are what right. What was the first thought on your mind? We could use it for later to contact some friends or maybe... Mueller to piss him off because you know <laughs> he's such a delight um look as much as i want to scream at Mueller as well um maybe we should see if we could get a frequency for someone in Kathmandu to bring a truck and get us up here because i don't think i'm gonna get very far without a lot of help that's a great 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 idea that was very good ella immediately starts unpacking the radio and starts like fiddling with it trying to find like a airplane tower i guess like the airplane because, like, they can get help. There's, there, the shortwave radios back then were very, very common in mountainous areas. Uh, it was the only way to get medical supplies. I mean, people, people used it as a, as a, as a lifeline in, in bad weather and stuff when they could. So uh, getting someone in Kathmandu, you probably will. I mean, there's some people that monitor shortwaves all, you know, they leave it on all night and just listen to the white noise. And then they hear somebody and they try to answer them. Uh, the old shortwave operators used to be pretty good at picking up distress calls. Ella, make me an intelligence roll. Okay, that is just a success at 64. My intelligence is a 65. Between the two of you, you and Faye recall to each other the frequency it is currently set at before you start swinging the dial around looking for help. Yes, that is, that is smart. Um, only reason I would say airplane tower is because I can get Gustav maybe on the line because they're at the airport, I thought. Or did they already take off? Oh, no, no, no. They left a while ago. They took off then immediately. Then she would know that. Um, but yeah, I'll just start turning the dial going, 
Mayday, mayday, there's... Actually, Ella, that's also brilliant because you flew the plane out of here. So you might recall the frequency. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's really... Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give you that because the air, the air ta the tower, you would have had to dial into that with the radio on the plane. So you would know the general location of that frequency, which would be monitored all the time. The tower closes at night, but there's usually somebody you know, nearby somewhere or picking it up. Like they probably monitor that frequency in Kathmandu, maybe even at the hotel to know when guests are coming. So yeah, you're able to quickly pick somebody up and they're like, yeah, Mayday, Mayday, this is Ella Walcott. I have injured people five miles outside of the city. I tell them the cardinal direction, the road and go, please, we need help. Mayday, Mayday. And I keep repeating until I get someone. Uh, this is, uh, this is Inchia. Yes, uh, I hear you. We'll work to see somebody out. There is obviously snow, but um, we will get to you as soon as possible. How many people are wounded? How many injured do you have in your party? I, ju I just explained that like two of them are seriously injured. One's unconscious and I'm the only one mobile. All right. So you give them the location. You tell them how you, where you are. They know the gorge. Uh, you tell them it's on the main road five miles out. They're like, okay, we, we got it. We'll have somebody out there as soon as possible. Stay warm. Stay on this frequency. If any, if we have an, any other change, if you please let us know, we're going to try to get a rescue team together. We should be to you in you know the next two to three hours. I say thank you so much. I will alert my companions and like I, I promise to keep the radio on the line. Basically, it's just like thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, every so often you just got to keep hitting the, the you know, kind of spin it up to keep it keep the energy charged enough where it can send and receive. We're going to stop there for tonight. When we get back, we're going to, next time we play, we will get together with Catherine and we'll find out exactly what's going on with Jack Cavendish and Vadim. Ella and Faye have come up with a great plan. They reached out with the wireless, thought that was brilliant. Ella, good job on the uh, idea of the radio tower because you did fly out of here. So that all, that plays into your strengths. Mel and Ella, or actually Faye and Ella, the tag team, the dynamic duo. Faye and Ella, the, the brain trust. <laughs> right I have, now I have good ideas occasionally. You know, ones that aren't impulsive and stupid. Right. Ones, ones that somehow keep me alive. Uh, but, but from all of us at the college, we want to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, we know that the, th this is a lot of uh, repair and, and drama, but that's all part of us too. So uh, don't worry, the action will be coming. But for tonight and for the next show, we're going to be dealing a lot with uh, just finding out exactly how bad Jack Cavendish is. But until then, thanks for listening. Like, share, subscribe. Don't forget to do all those things. Players, great job. We'll talk next time. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.